May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. I want to take you back in time to a day in the year A.D. 61. It's early evening and a middle-aged couple whose names are Philemon and his wife Apphia are sitting on their veranda gazing into the distance. Sitting on the veranda of their home in the city of Colossi which is in modern Turkey. And as they gaze into the distance, silhouetted against the setting sun, are two figures trudging purposely towards them. And as these two figures draw nearer, Apphia says to her husband, I'm not sure who those two characters are, but one of them looks just like that old slave of ours. You know, the one who ran away. You mean Onesimus, Mr. Useless. He ran away all right and took half our savings with him. Wherever has he been all this time? And whatever has he come back here for? He must realise he's in big trouble. Still, I suppose he was bound to turn up again, just like a bad denarius. Well, the two travellers make their way up to the house, and sure enough, one of them is Onesimus, the runaway slave. And the other man introduces himself. My name, he says, is Tychicus. I bring greetings to you from Paul in Rome. And Tychicus hands over a scroll... This, he says, is a letter from Paul to the house fellowships here in Colossae. Onesimus, the runaway slave, says nothing. But he too is clutching a scroll, a smaller scroll. And he gives that too to Philemon. Well, says Philemon, I wonder what's inside here. Do come in, Tychicus. Any friend of Paul's is a friend of ours. Onesimus, you miserable rascal, you stay out here. Goodness knows what we're going to do about you. So husband, wife, and traveller go inside the house together. Apphia, the wife, is curious to know the contents of the scroll, which the little scroll which Onesimus, the runaway slave, has brought. So she unseals it and begins to read it out loud. It starts like this. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Hmm, this is a letter from Paul, too, uh, all right. Uh, it's uh, just the way that he would start his, uh, his letters. And it goes on to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. To Apphia, our sister. To Archippus our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Tychicus, says uh, Apphia, 
you really must meet our son, Archippus. He helps to, learn, uh, to lead the churches here in Colossae. He's certainly got his head screwed on all right. Paul gave him some work to do, straightening out some bad teaching in some of our other house churches. And I'll bet Paul will want to know how he's getting on. Archippus, come here and meet our guest. So Archippus joins the three of them. So they settle down in the front room together. Philemon, his wife Apphia, their son Archippus, and Tychicus, their visitor. Apphia continues reading the scroll. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's from Paul, all right. That's the way he always starts his letters. I thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. That's just like Paul too, isn't it? He wants us to know that although he's stuck under house arrest in Rome, he's constantly thanking God for us and praying for us. Because I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Yep, that's right. Even though he's a thousand miles away, he's delighted to know that we're growing as followers of Jesus Christ. The letter continues, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Active in sharing your faith? Archippus, what do you think Paul is getting at here? Hmm, sounds to me, says Archippus, a bit like Paul is saying that although he's delighted with the news he's heard about us, there's perhaps something more he wants us to do. The letter continues. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Tychicus chimes in. Perhaps Paul is thinking there of that terrible earthquake that happened last year. He must have heard how much you folks did for all the believers who were injured and made homeless then. The letter goes on. Therefore, although in Christ, I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. Ah, so Archippus was right. There is something Paul wants us to do or rather wants you to do, Philemon, I wonder what it can be. I then, as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you. Well, yes, says Philemon, anything Paul could ask me to do is nothing compared with what he's gone through for the sake of the gospel. I appeal to you, says Paul in the letter, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Onesimus? My son Onesimus? Where is Onesimus? Oh, we left him outside. Onesimus, you better come inside. My son Onesimus, who became my son, says Paul, who became my son while I was in chains. 
Onesimus, you ran away from us, stealing our money. You made your way to Rome, bumped into Paul, and Paul led you to Christ. Onesimus, shy, uh, Onesimus smiles sheepishly and he nods. Philemon and Apphia are thinking exactly the same thing. While this slave was with us, we did everything we could to talk to him, to treat him fairly, to pray for him, and we couldn't get him the least bit interested in amending his ways. To be honest, we'd just about given up on him. He was lazy, uncouth, and dishonest. So what does he do? He steals from us, runs away, and finds Jesus in a prison over in Rome. They go back to Paul's letter. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. Ha <laughs> ha, that's a good one, Onesimus. That's what your name means, doesn't it? Useful. According to Paul, you've undergone a complete transformation. Onesimus' smile is becoming a little broader. Paul says, I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. Wow, Paul really does care about you, doesn't he, Onesimus? It was so painful for him to send you back, send you back to us. It was like he was saying goodbye to a part of himself. I would have liked, writes Paul, I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in, ch in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you will do will be spontaneous and not forced. And then again, Paul writes, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. What a wonderful God who overrules even the bad things we do and turns them into good, exclaims Archippus. It's just like in the story of Joseph. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And then Paul goes on in his plea to Philemon, accept Onesimus no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. Archippus speaks up again. Father, you can see what Paul is asking you to do. He wants you to take Onesimus back, forgive him, and receive him as a Christian brother. That's hard, but it's nothing less than the gospel demands. For hasn't Paul himself often said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus? 
And what else did Paul say in that letter that's been recently doing the rounds? Something like this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as, uh, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So, Paul goes on to say, so if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Philemon says, well, of course, I would welcome Paul with open arms. And now he's asking me to, wel to welcome you, Onesimus, in his place. How can I refuse? If, says Paul, if he has done any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Well, Onesimus, you do owe us rather a lot. There's the money you took from us when you ran away. And of course, the value of the work you should have been doing for us. And the, but Paul goes on to say, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Archippus chimes in again. Father, think of what your own life would have been if Paul had not led you to Christ. Think of the value of eternal life. Now, are you seriously going to ask Paul to pay back what Onesimus owes you? Well, Paul's gentle persuasion wins the day. We can imagine the happy reconciliation that took place between the runaway slave and his aggrieved owner through the tactful intervention of a wise Christian leader confined to a jail over a thousand miles away. Onesimus concludes Philemon. Onesimus, I can see that we are equal in the eyes of God. We both have the same need, both to receive forgiveness and to show it. I welcome you back, just as I would welcome Paul himself. I forgive you for the ways in which you have wronged me. I receive you as a brother in Christ. And when at last Onesimus finally opens his mouth to say something, it is to ask if he can keep that little letter that Paul has sent to Philemon. And this was his reason. If someone ever makes a collection of Paul's letters for some future generation to read, I'd like to make sure that this one is included. Yes, but what would they make of it? Supposing some Christians, a couple of thousand years from now, dwelling in some far-off place where the North folk live, picked up this letter and tried to find in it a message from God for themselves, what would it be saying to them? Well, that's simple, replies Onesimus tucking the precious scroll under his arm and wearing a big smile now on his face. 
I borrow the words of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, when he said, Go, and do thou likewise.